1: God knows what is hiding in those weak and sunken lives.
0: You love that. Did you love it? Or you're just like, man. Who says there's no anointing on normal songs, you know? Flirt. That little girl's so sweet, isn't she? You know, we're talking about harvesting the harvesters. We're we're stirring you up. We're trying to get inside of your head and inside of your heart and inside of your soul to say that there is a world outside these four walls. Every day that you're walking past people, every day there are people that you are sitting next to on bus stops. Every day there are people in your workplace that you just pass by that literally are crying out on the inside. You know, I spoke last week about that every one of us, Before we were formed in our mother's womb, Psalm 139 says that there was a story that was written about us by God. It said, every day of your life was written in my book before one of them came to be. And when we're born into this world, there is a war that is over that little baby, that child growing up, where the enemy wants to smudge out and confuse and put things over that story so that, it, that 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 child cannot read that story and not know the destiny that God has for their lives. He brings sin in, the enemy brings sin and he brings stuff, and he tries to squash out that story. And what the blood of Jesus does when we're saved, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, the blood of Jesus comes and washes clean, washes clean, our hearts and reveals the story that is written before we were formed in our mother's womb. And as we walk out our Christian lives, God is unrolling the scroll of our hearts and reading our story. And I shared last week how we have to be so open that before we can go out and reach the people and help the people. We need to know our own story. We need to be sure of who we are in Christ. We need to know that he loves us and that he has a plan for us and he's interested in us. And he's not interested in our stain and our sin because he's paid for that. He's interested in who we are as people. He's interested in who we are on the inside. And he wants every single one of us to fulfill and walk that out on the earth to be the very best that we can be to walk out that actual story upon the earth Amen Yeah, so if you want to hear that uh, sermon that I preached last Sunday night, it was really powerful I think, you can go on to um, sermon.net or onto our webpage and listen to that on a podcast But in 1 John it says this 1 John four thirty five. do not say four months more and then the harvest. I tell you, now listen to this, open your eyes. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. They are ripe for harvest. I don't think I've ever seen a time, in the time that I've been a Christian probably 32 years now, I have never known a time where people are more open and more ready, and more willing to listen, and more searching. You see, every single person that you walk past in the street, like in that video, every single person you come into contact with has a story that they're searching for. They're searching for what God has written about them. They're searching for their story. Their cry of their heart is, does anybody know who I am? Will anybody look inside of me and find me? I go through life like a robot. I go to work, I come home, I, you know, I might be with the wife, I might be with kids, I might be with my friends, I might go out, I might get drunk, I might party, and I might pretend that I'm having fun, and I might pretend that my life is all together, but inside, Inside, I know that I'm not living the story that was written about me because inside each one of us, there's that essence of knowing there's something I'm not fulfilling. There's something about me that hasn't been discovered yet. There's something inside me that, that I don't know. There must be something out there. There must be something. There must be, there must be a God. I remember when, when you know, I was raised as a non-Christian in a non-Christian home and I remember thinking as a child, you know, I remember thinking, I wonder if there is a God. I remember wondering if, if someone would, would talk to me about that. And my little friend took me to church. She said, do you want to come to church with me? And I, I was about eight years old. I said, oh, I'd love to go to church. Because in my little eight-year-old heart, I was wondering, is there a God? Does he care about me? Does he know me? Does he think about me? Does he know what's inside of me? Does he understand the way I tick? Because other people don't seem to get it. And my little friend took me to church. It was, anyway, it was a Catholic church. And, you know, and everybody's coming down to have communion down to the altar. And the priest is putting the communion in their mouths. I didn't understand. I'd never been to church before. I didn't understand any of this. And I remember as a little eight-year-old child, so excited. I was going to, you know, I was going to meet with God Maybe and standing in front of the priest with my tongue out like this and he looks at me and said, are you a Catholic? I said, I don't know and he just went like this like that in front of everybody and I'm like a little eight year old child I just turn well God doesn't like me that man told me God doesn't like me no wonder people have this About church, for goodness sake. Oh, please let's represent him as he really is. You know, you know, the children are all around Jesus and they're you know trying to get at him, and the disciples are there, they're going, Go away, you children, he's an important man, you know. He heals the sick and He raises the dead. He can't be bothered with the little children. And Jesus rebuked the disciples. He said, suffer not the little children, bring them to me. You know, when Jesus walked throughout the earth, He wasn't picky about who He hung out with. He went looking for the stories. He went looking for the ones that were looking for their stories. He's walking along the street and there's Zacchaeus up a tree. He's a tax collector. No one wants to know about Zacchaeus. He's short anyway, he can't see. And he's, you know, he's just a write-off and he's up a tree. And he's looking for Jesus. And Jesus, the whole crowd's there, they're pushing on him, they're shoving, they're wanting his attention. And in the midst of the crowds, Jesus looks and he looks. And he and he starts to read the father, he's hearing the father read somebody's story. Jesus said, I don't know do anything unless I first hear the father. And the father's reading Zacchaeus' story, and Jesus checks in. Oh. He said, You. Now he didn't say, Repent, thy sinner, and come down out of that tree. And Pay some penance for thy sin and go to the temple and sacrifice three goats, whatever. You know, like, he says, Hey, I'm going to have dinner at your house tonight. Oh, <laughs> oh, he's going to the house of a sinner? Yeah. And he doesn't go into the house and start telling all the sinners around him. He's got tax collectors, probably got prostitutes, got all kinds of people around him, but eating a meal with them. The son of God, eating a meal with these lowlifes. And he's sitting there, and, he, and, he, and he, just, he just begins to tell a story. He finds a way. He finds, he finds common ground. He finds a way in. He tells a story. And in the story, Zacchaeus hears his story. In Jesus' story, he hears his own story. And he says, I'm going to give all the money back. I'm going to give it all. Jesus didn't have to tell him to repent. When he realized that someone saw him, when he realized that somebody knew his story, when he realized that there was one who knew his dealings but was not judging him, he was eating a meal with him, then he repents. See, it's the kindness, it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. And outside these walls, every day in your life, there's Zacchaeus, Climbing up trees, trying to find, climbing up different religions, trying different things, going to the gym, thinking that's going to make me feel better, trying a new diet, going to a psychic, trying anything. Somebody's got to tell me my story. I know I have a story. Someone needs to tell me my story. So beautiful. What we have inside of us is so beautiful. We have the greatest gift inside of us to give away. We have the love of God. Why? Why are we why are we so worried about giving? The greatest gift away. I remember I used to have a quote when I wasn't a Christian. I don't know if it was a quote that I heard, but I might have made it up myself because I used to write a bit of poetry. But I used to say it all the time I have so much love to give and I have yet to find a world to give it to. And the amazing thing was, when I met Jesus Christ and when his eyes blazed inside of me and found me on the inside, when he looked at me and my story came to the forefront of my life and he called me forth, when he looked into my eyes, It was as if my eyes were opened and I could see for the first time the world through His eyes and not my own. Do you remember? Those of you who are born again in the room, and if you're not, I'd love to lead you in a prayer shortly. But do you remember when you first had your eyes opened, what it was like? Everything just looked brighter. Everything seemed to make sense. It's just, it's cool being born again. And what Jesus wants us to do, as he says, don't say three months more, four months more, and then the harvest. Open your eyes. He's not asking you to open your eyes. He's asking you to open His eyes in you. He's asking you to open His eyes inside of you. He's asking you to stop looking out of your natural eyes, walking past people on the street every day, sitting on a bus stop, looking them up and down, thinking they smell thinking that, you know, they would never listen to me if I tried to talk to them about God. Look at them, they're completely shut down. See, because we're looking with natural eyes, but He has given us spiritual eyes to see a spiritual condition of the human heart. And we've got to wake up in the morning And we've got to say, God, today, open my eyes to see as you would see. And then, God, give me situations where when I see that there would be doors that would be open into lives. And then give me wisdom and revelation on how to walk through that door with grace and integrity and gentleness and kindness and goodness the way you would. And then... Holy Spirit, fill my mouth only with what you would say and then shut the door when it's finished, when it's enough, when it's just enough. We've got, you know, out in kids' church right now, we've got a beautiful girl, red-haired Alana. She's just just an incredible human being, absolutely incredible human being and passionately loves the children and loves, you know, just an incredible human being. But... Since she was come out of her mother's womb, there'd been a war against her, a war against her, father left and, you know, all that kind of stuff, divorce and all that stuff, all that does to kids, over-responsibility and all those things that that destroy a child's heart. She got to the stage going through high school where she was in such heavy depression she had to take such strong medication just to get through her HSC, and yet she's a really intelligent girl. Like she's got, she's just got such potential. She got through her HSC and didn't know how she made it through and just went into deeper depression, didn't know how to get herself out of it. And all the time, there's this nagging friends that she's got. And all, they, they, you know, they hang out with her, but every now and again, they took the God stuff. And it's like, oh, I just wish That they could just be my friends without talking the God stuff, you know. And they didn't harass her. They didn't, you know, like beat her over the head. But just every now and again, a conversation would come up. And they would have this, she loved to debate. So they would have this debate. And she would prove God wrong and they would prove God right. And she would prove God wrong. They would would have these debates, you know. And she would look at them like, one day I'm going to prove to you that God of yours isn't real. She got so low that it came to the stage where she went, you know what, I'm just going to end my life. I'm not going to tell anyone about this. I'm going to end my life. She gets a weapon. She goes into her bed. She writes notes to her family. She's ready to do it. She's got the weapon in bed with her. She's just taking deep breaths, waiting for the minute when she can use the weapon against herself. And the whole room just fills up with this light. She can't see anybody, but she knows that it's God. And she's just laying there crying, and she's going, oh, no, I think it's real. And she just had a sense that God turned up to rescue me because he doesn't want me to die because I have a story. I have a story. She gets the weapon. She puts it away. She rings her friend. She says... I'm going to church on Sunday. Don't ask me any questions, just take me there. See, they didn't have to have the right words. They just needed to open a door that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the mighty God could intervene in a life. They were the life source they were the connection between heaven and earth. You didn't have to be a great witnesser. In fact, some people that are great witnesses are just pains in the butt, really. Because you just overkill, overdo. You know what I mean? It, just, it takes great sensitivity. And it takes great love to reach out to another human being. It has to be done not out of a religious obligation, but out of a passion that what I have inside of me, I just so much want you to have this. I so much want God to read your story I so much want you to be all that God has called you to be and the the worst thing you can do is tell them the things they're doing wrong, don't no, no don't it's none of your business it's none of your business it's between them and God and don't go pointing this bony old finger before you come to church, before you come to God, because that's what they think. They think that I can't come to church so I've got to clean my life up first or I've got to be right first or even some Christians feel like that. I can't even come into church because, you know, I sinned last week. Give me a break. Church is for, this is a revelation. Hang on. You ready? This is a really deep revelation. You ready? Church is for Sinners. <laughs> no saints around here. Just a lot of sinners saved by grace. Amen. <laughs> you know, intimacy—that word—it's not just about intimacy between a man and a woman. We we got intimacy, and we think straight away sex. It's not just that. It can mean that, but it's not just that. Intimacy, that word, if we break it down, it says, into me you see. Intimacy. Into me you see. Do you know how powerful it is when we actually take the time to look inside someone, take the time to listen, take the time, just take the time to be in their world Not to be pushing your stuff, to just take the time to look in and have intimacy with another human being. Into me you see. And you'll find if you can get that, their hearts will open up to you. They will build trust where they will allow you to speak into their lives. Because you've earned trust, because you're trustworthy with their treasures, with their pain, with their hearts, which are precious. Unto God. Last week I got to go into um, Dale College, which we, we, we support as a church. It's a, it's a college for um, girls and dads, mums and dads that are like 15, 16, 17, around that age group that have to leave school because they're pregnant or they have children. And they can't continue with their education because there's no way for them to put their babies. So we're supporting this ministry that actually um, have, oh, it's incredible the facilities they have now. They now have um, 44 students in that school, one, one dad and 43 mums, young people who would not have been able to go to school Um, if it wasn't for this ministry and they're able to do year 11 and 12 and finish their HSC and they're able to take their babies to school and their children's school and we have a crate they have a crate and everything there where they look after the kids and they provide all of this and it, it basically the kids the students hardly pay a cent it's just it's just amazing it's just amazing and so you know Marjorie who's the head teacher there asked me would I come in because there was a whole influx of new girls and students that had come in. And, um, you know, she wanted me to just break ice. She said, you know what you do in church, Julie? Can you come and do that there? (laughs) You can just sing a song if you want, anything. Just break through for me. And so she said, we're doing a songwriting module where we have to look at a song and break it down. So can you come and do that? I said, oh, I'd love to do that. I would just be so keen to do that. So I called Beck and said, Beck, the song God's put in my heart is Bridge Over Troubled Water. Now, when I say that, you know, there's probably only a few people in the room that actually know that song. Probably have you know that song, Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, it's heaps. Okay. So Bridge Over Troubled Water is a song, literally, that they actually wrote about Christ laying down his life, but they're not Christians. And it, it talks about, you know, when you're weary, feeling low, when tears are in your eyes, I'll dry them all. I'm by your side when times get rough. And friends just can't be fine. like a bridge over troubled water. I will lay me down, and then it talks about sh- so, um, sail on, silver girls, sail on by. Your time has come to shine. All your dreams are on their way. See how they come, run. Oh, if you need a friend, I'm standing right behind like a bridge over troubled waters. I will lay me down, and I sort of said to the be- Beck sang it. Beck sang it, and like. This whole room, like, and the teachers were saying to me beforehand, just be aware that if they get up and walk out, that's what they do. They probably don't like you much. And they will just get up and walk out. And that's okay. They're allowed to do that if they don't like what you're saying. Okay, great. Um, So, so Beck sat, I got up first and I said, we're going to deconstruct this song. This is the song I've chosen. I'm going to get Beck to sing it and then we'll talk about it. And Beck played piano and sang it. And the whole room was just like... The whole room. I'm talking teachers, students, you could hear a pin drop, the anointing that broke in, the love that broke into that room because God had used a vessel, a broken vessel that he had rescued, put back together and knew how these girls felt. And what came in that song, what came out of that song was her heart to say, you've got a story people help the people you know she was there doing it and you know and I was so glad that I got her to sing it and then I deconstructed the song and talked about it and I just played a little video of a little Chinese boy and it was was a little YouTube and it was like a concrete road and in the concrete road there was a big piece of the road that was missing and him and his little sister came up to the edge of this concrete road and they were trying to see how they could get across and the little boy was trying to jump over and trying to pull his sister. It just wasn't working. And his little sister was about three and he just lays out across this concrete road and his little sister crawls across his back to get across the other side. And, of course, there wasn't a dry eye in the place when they watched that. And then I just explained to them in layman's terms. I wasn't there to tell them what they're doing wrong, but I said... There's three things I want to bring out in this song. Number one, we're talking about laying down people laying down their lives so you can walk on their backs. Number one, I want to talk about you girls, you dads. You have laid down your lives so that your children could walk across your backs. You could have chosen the easy way out. You could have aborted your children. But I want to tell you, you think that we're the church and we're going to judge you and that God's going to judge you. I want to tell you this, we applaud you. We're clapping you. We're telling you you're amazing because you are brave. And if you're that brave about having babies at your age and becoming mums and dads and still going to school, what are you going to do in the future? My God, the future's just before you. And then I talked about the teachers laying down their lives so they could walk across their backs into their future. And then I talked about Jesus Christ laying down his life so they could have all that he had called them into. But I didn't major on preaching to them. I told them they were magnificent. I told them they were wonderful. I told them they had stories to tell. I told them they had lives to live and, they, and, they, and they're brave and they're wonderful and they're amazing and they're going to make it. And you know, there was not a dry eye in that place when Beck sang that song again. In fact, the teachers were nearly convulsing. Were <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I undid the, we undid the whole place, Beck, didn't we? And then they say, can you come back, miss? Can you come back? Can, you, can, Beck, can Beck come back and just play piano? This one girl said this. Can she just play that piano while we're doing our schoolwork? Because I feel like I can concentrate when she plays. I feel like I can think. Oh, man. It's not so hard. Don't make it so complicated. Don't make it so, <clears throat> I've got to go out. I've got to witness got my Bible I've prayed up I've fasted and prayed now who can I get (laughs) who's going to get it today you know come on (laughs) just be real just be real (laughs) I read this on the internet I was I sort of I wanted to I'm nearly finished right I wanted to Yahoo, I, I don't know, I don't understand the internet, my, so my kids tell me. But anyway, I don't even know what Yahoo is, but I googled Yahoo, because I figured that on there, is that alright? <laughs> I don't know, if I said, anyway, because I figured on there some people would be asking some questions about God that didn't know anything about God. And so we have to know the questions they're asking anyway, so, anyway, you can tell me later what I did wrong, Garth, but anyway... <laughs> I don't go to Yahoo Google is a search okay they're both search engines anyway teach me later but anyway I discovered something anyway I found this from a guy who was asking questions about God and I just pressed in religious questions that was a good place to go? Oh, my God, there were some hairy ones in there, I'll tell you Anyway, I found this. It says, this is from a guy. I feel depressed every day when I wake up. I really feel like crap every time I look in the mirror. Hell, I keep my head shaved just so I look different. I really don't think I can feel better. I waste my days going to a community college every day and, and I can't act anything else but remote. No friends, no emotions, no life. Hell, I listen to Marilyn Manson music just to ease my pain. And here's the punchline, I'm black, don't hold that against me. Then he asked the question, do people really suffer like me? Or am I the only one of me? If I were to die tomorrow, would anyone notice? Oh. I just go, where is this boy? i fly to America. Like, see, when we look at people through natural eyes, we're not going to hear that. See, he just says he goes through the motions, he puts on the brave face, he goes to his job, he goes to his community college. He's, you know, he's just remote. He just remains remote. He keeps shut down so no one can see inside him, but inside he's dying. And he's asking the questions on the inside of him. Do people really suffer like me? Or am I the only one of me? And if I were to die tomorrow, would anyone even notice? Wow. As you're walking, I want you to hear that song. People, help the people. Help the people. And if you're homesick, give me your hand. If you're homesick, if you're looking for a home, I know where home is. Home is in Jesus. The answers to your questions are in him. They're found in him. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c 3 telgraorgau We hope to see you at church soon.